Welcome to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. This week, we're in a series called When We Pray. What if you only talked to your closest friend when you needed something from them? And what if you only ever talked about yourself? Would that be a healthy relationship? Sometimes this is how we treat prayer to God, asking for help for our needs, but going quiet when things are going our way. Prayer is about so much more. Listen to this talk as Pastor Josh Rhodes helps us embrace prayer as a powerful tool to grow closer to God and show love for others. Well, if you're not sure who I am, because I've been away for a few weeks, my name's Josh Rhodes. I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to be together today. I'm actually returning today uh, after a summer sabbatical, and there's a lot that I could share from the last few months, but really the three things that just keep coming to mind is first and foremost, I'm just so grateful for the time, grateful to God, grateful to our church, Pastor Tim, Bruce, our team, all of you. I know many of you were praying for me and my family. And as I would journal and reflect and pray, uh, the word gift just kept coming to mind. So I'm just grateful for the time. Second, I feel very refreshed, very replenished in really all manner of life spiritually, um, just to be able to, to read scripture, to pray without any sermon to be giving or devotional to be preparing for, to just to be able to connect with God, um, with my family, so much time with Hillary and the kids, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. So I just feel very refreshed. Uh, a gentleman who was helping me prepare said, Josh, what you're going to find a few weeks in is you're more tired than you realize. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm fine. He said, trust me, you're going to get into this and you're going to realize you're, you're tired and you need rest. And he was right. So I feel very, very refreshed, very replenished. Um, and then third, I am so happy to be back. I know a lot of pastors who count down the days until it's over. And I found myself counting down the days until I would get to come back. Um, you know, I watched online, loved the parable series, but just so thankful to be here back together and excited for what God has in store for us as we step into the fall. I'd love to take a moment and pray before we jump into the sermon today. God, thank you so much for your love and for who you are. You are the God of the hills and the valleys. You are with us in the good and the bad. Thank you for Pierce. Thank you for Kylie taking their profession of, uh, their step of profession of faith today to be baptized, that we could celebrate with them. God, thank you for your word that we can open it together and hear from you so that we know how to live our lives. So God, I just pray that you would be with us during this time. Give us ears to hear and a heart receptive to what you're trying to impress on each and every one of us. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, my first car was actually a truck. It was a 1989 um, silver and blue Dodge Dakota. And it was well-worn and well-loved by the time I bought it for just a few thousand dollars. Me and my younger brothers would use it around town for our little lawn care company. I can still remember the smell of the grass in the bed of the truck when we would leave it go. You know, a week it would just pile in there. We had a drive-in up in the northern panhandle where I grew up, and we'd load in the back of the pickup and turn it around and watch the drive-in with our popcorn and our candy. 
And even though it wouldn't go more than 35 miles an hour uphill, I mean, I can still remember this part of town called Marlin Heights. We'd be driving up to cut grass. There'd be 20 cars behind us. We're just chugging along, getting up the hill. But I loved that truck. And you know who else loved that truck just as much as me? If you're a truck owner, you already know the answer to that question. Everyone in your life. I can remember at 16, 17, 18 years old getting phone calls at my parents' house, people saying, can Josh come move something across town? Can Josh go to the lumber yard and pick this up? Can we borrow the truck for a few days? And I, I really don't remember minding, I, I really don't. But after a while, I began to clue in that there were a lot of people in my life who weren't really interested in me. They were interested in my truck. It wasn't about a relationship with Josh. It was because I had a truck and they wanted the truck. You know, as I reflect on my life, I think there's been, unfortunately, some people who maybe I've treated that way. You know, I think of doctors and dentists. It's like, do people really want to be my friend or do they just want to be able to text me quick if they think their kid's dying, right? You know, I think about relationships like that that maybe I've done and I've not been careful about that, but I think I've also done it with God. That even though I believe that he wants a growing, intimate relationship with me, a holistic relationship, I think there's times where my prayers and my relationships center around the resources that I want from God. And perhaps you can relate to that. I think, I think of the prayers we pray, God, please help my friend or family member get better. God, please help me be able to pay for this unexpected bill. God, please give me the strength to deal with another day of work. God, please, God, please, God, please. And I don't think the problem is that we're going to our Heavenly Father asking for help. Pastor Tim masterfully reminded us last week that he is our Heavenly Father. He loves to help his kids in time of need. But I think the problem that I've been wrestling with and that, that I've been feeling is that we tend to pray mostly when we need something from God, whether it be for ourselves or someone that we love. And I think over time, if we're not careful, the gift of prayer, this amazing, mysterious, wonderful thing to be able to communicate with our loving Heavenly Father can drift from cultivating a relationship with God to getting resources from God. And how. Unlike how you and I might respond to people who treat us that way just as a resource, I don't think for a minute that God's upset with us. If most of our prayers are just about needing and wanting and asking, he's our loving heavenly father. But what I am burdened to share with you today is that I think our, our prayer life can be so much more. I think our prayer life at its core is not about getting things from God. It's about getting more of God himself. It's about growing a relationship and the joy that comes from knowing and growing with God who made us in his image, who loves us unconditionally, who sent his son Jesus to die for us and who is with us through his Holy Spirit.
So there's a lot of examples that we could look to for an example of prayer. And some of you are thinking, Josh, I have a lot of examples of prayer. My parents, maybe grandparents, others. Certainly we could look to the life of Jesus. We could look to the life of Daniel. We could look at at so many examples. But the one that I wanna look at today is the example of David. Because he was described in, in 1 Samuel and in Acts as someone being a man after God's own heart. This little shepherd boy turned Goliath slayer, king of Israel, had a strong prayer life. And as a result, he had a growing relationship with God. And specifically, I want to share three lessons that I think can help us when we pray. And and perhaps you're just starting out on your journey. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Josh, I'm here. I'm, I'm watching, but I'm not sure where I am with God. I think today can help you. Maybe you've been walking with God for a long time, praying for a long time. I think there's going to be something that can help all of us. So my takeaway today is simply this. When we pray like David, we'll grow in our relationship with God. When we pray like David, we'll grow in our relationship with God. And and again, this isn't to say he did it perfectly. Only Jesus was perfect. Only Jesus prayed perfectly. But as we're going to see, even though he faced challenges and even though there's times he doubted and wondered, does my prayer work? I think he's a worthy example to look to. So the first thing I want to mention this morning is that David prayed many types of prayer. He prayed many different types of prayer. And as we have already established, our default prayers tend to be around asking God for help for ourselves or for others. And again, this is a good thing. We use words like petition or intercession or supplication, these, these biblical words to describe our asking. And David did this An example is Psalm 86, one to three. It says, listen, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Protect my life, for I am faithful. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Look at all of the requests right in these three verses. Answer me, protect me, save me, be gracious to me. Time and time again, we see David calling out to God, asking for help, for physical needs, for protection from his enemies, for the needs of others. And David rightly so recognized that he was completely dependent on God for everything, everything in his life. That's why we pray, God, please help my friend or family member get better. God, please help me take care of this unexpected bill. God, please help me endure one more day of work. God, please, God, please, God, please. He wants to hear those prayers. But I think what sets David apart is he didn't stop there. He didn't just ask, but he also praised and adored God. And as you read the Psalms, his his heart of praise and his heart of love towards God just pours off of the pages. We see that in Psalm 145, and I'm only going to read the first three verses. Hear his heart of praise, recognizing who God is and what he has done. He wrote this, I exalt you, which which means to, to lift high, 
to think highly of, to hold in the highest regard possible. I exalt you, my God, the King, and bless your name forever and ever. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and glorious majesty and your wondrous works. You know, when I read a psalm like this and other ones, it helps me put God in his proper place, both in my life and in the world. Because he is God and we are not. We put him in his proper place because of who he is and what he has done. Psalm 145 continues to describe God in this way as gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, great in faithful love, righteous, the one who hears us and helps us and is holy. Who is like our God? Who is like our God? No one. Guys, we live in a culture that is really, really good at praising and really, really good at adoring and really, really good at lifting up, but it's the wrong people. We lift up artists and we lift up athletes who fill stadiums and theaters and we praise them and we praise them and praise them, but they are not worthy of our praise. Can we enjoy them? Can we go to a concert? Can we go to a movie? Can we be interested in their lives? Sure, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there is only one who is worthy of our praise, and that is God. And David modeled that for us so well. When I read the Psalms, David also thanked God and expressed his gratitude. There's so many Psalms where you see those words thanks and thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, the act of giving thanks. In his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. And in Psalm 107, just another of many examples, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You know, David asked God for a lot for protection, for resource, for blessing, for help. And when he saw God act, whether it was things that he had prayed for, or even things that he didn't pray for, that God still did, he was quick to give him thanks. You know, many of us pause before meals to give thanks. And that's a really, really good thing. And I'll just say, if you have kids it is totally cool to pray when you're out at a restaurant. Just side note, my parents always did that. We did not like it. We felt so awkward. Everybody's staring at us. But it's a good thing to give thanks, right? And meals are a great time to do that, whether you're at home or whether you're out in public. But, but just imagine if we considered all of the things that we had to be thankful for in addition to our food. I mean, if we began to consider, okay, I'm waking up in shelter, right? God, thank you for this house. 
you're getting into a vehicle, God, thank you for transportation. If you have a job or you have family, you have friends, if we just began to consider all that God has blessed us with, it's like that old hymn, maybe you sang growing up if, if you were a, a kid in church, count your blessings, right? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. David did that. And, and I think what that heart of gratitude does is it keeps us from being entitled. It keeps us from just expecting that God is gonna do these for, for these things. For us, And I also think it reminds us that the blessings in our life are not a result of the work of our own hands. That when we acknowledge, God, thank you for this and thank you for them and thank you for this and thank you for that, we are saying, God, all of these things are from you. Like James says, every good and perfect gift is from above. So that was another type of prayer, was a prayer of thanks. And I think a lot of us are good at that kind of prayer. I think the next one is one that we struggle with. The other type of prayer was that David was honest about his sin before God, prayers of repentance and prayers of confession. So where we're confessing what we have done wrong before God and others and that we're turning away. Two Psalms that highlight that. One, Psalm 51, where he's acknowledging his sin with Bathsheba. And then in Psalm 32. And in this Psalm, you're going to hear the effect of what it's like when we don't bring these things to God. The effect that it has on our body and our soul. Psalm 32, 1 to 5 says this. How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is a person whom the Lord does not charge with iniquity and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones became brittle from all my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is not easy to do. And this is a type of prayer that we often leave out. Because if, if you've ever done this, if you've ever actually done what David is describing, that you are specifically naming transgression, you are specifically naming iniquities, you are specifically naming sins, it is hard to do. It takes tremendous amounts of humility. It takes tremendous amounts of honesty. But look at the alternative. The alternative is groaning and heaviness and feeling drained and feeling distant from God. God is holy. He is perfect. There is none like him. We've already established that. So sin repulses him. And we know as believers in Jesus Christ that we have a secure relationship with him that cannot be broken, but the fellowship, the sweetness, the closeness of that relationship can be impacted in the same way that my sin towards my wife can create that gap. It is a hard prayer to pray. 
But I think what that does is not only does it restore us again to God and the sweetness of that fellowship, but it also leads us back onto the path of righteousness. Because when we go days or weeks or months without considering our sin, without being honest about that, we drift off the path. First, it's a foot then it's two feet, then it's three feet, then it's 10 feet. Then you're out in the woods in a ditch somewhere, crash, and you don't realize how you got there. So what these types of prayers do is it says, okay, I stepped off the path. God, I'm sorry. I want to get back on. God, I shouldn't have said that to my child. I, I need to confess that to them and to you, and now I'm back on the path. The way I responded to that coworker was wrong, and I acknowledge that. And I want to make it right. Now I want to get back on the path. It is a gift from God to pray these kinds of prayers. You know, so these different types of prayers that we're talking about, that David prayed, are, are often summarized in that helpful acronym that we've talked about before, ACTS, A-C-T-S. We also see Jesus modeling this to us in the New Testament, the Lord's Prayer. The A is adoration or praise, the C, confession, T, thanksgiving, and supplication, our request for ourselves and others. And as I consider these types of prayers, this holistic way of coming before God, I think about the ways that I see my children growing right now and how they communicate to me. My kids are between the ages of five and 12. And if you think about kids, birth, one, two, three, pretty much everything that they're communicating to you is a need. Even before they can speak, they learn that they can tap their hip for a fresh diaper, right? We teach them sign language about bottles and it's, you know, daddy, I need a snack. Daddy, can I watch a show? It's everything about what they need, need, need. And as parents, what do we do? We meet those needs. But I noticed this specifically on our, our family vacation. We went to the beach. And I, and I don't know why I was particularly mindful. But I, I can tell you almost everything we did, if it was going out for ice cream, thank you, Mom and Dad. If it was going out, uh, we went to Build-A-Bear down in Myrtle Beach. It was just, thank you so much that we got to do this. You know, being out on the beach, thank you for bringing us on vacation or a bedtime. I love you, dad. I love you, mom. And I just noticed that as they're maturing, the kinds of things they're saying are also developing. It's not just, please give me, I need this. Please help me, dad. It's, I love you. And it's, thank you. And it's, I'm sorry. And that type of communication with me is their father reminds me that they don't just want what I have, they really do want me. And in the same way, when we pray like David, and we don't just ask, but we also say thank you, and we also say I love you, and we also say I'm sorry, it grows our relationship with God. So that's types of prayers. And I want to give you another one that sort of anchors this point. So there's types of prayers, but then David also demonstrated we need to spend time in prayer. And these two anchors really grounded his prayer life. You know, it goes without saying that anything we value, we give time to. 
If you value your family, you're gonna spend time with them around the dinner table, enjoying them. If you value friends, you're gonna spend time with them around a campfire. If you value your health, you're gonna spend time walking or running or thinking about walking or running. I mean, that counts too, right? But because prayer was important to David, it's obvious that he prioritized that time in his schedule. We see this in a few places. Psalm 119, 164, it says, I praise you seven times a day for your righteous judgment. And this word here, praise, is associated with musical worship. We know David was a skilled musician, a songwriter. So seven times a day, he was expressing his heart to God through worship. Seven times a day. But he also talked to God in a more traditional sense, speaking words of prayer to God. Psalm 505 verse 3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I plead my case to you and watch expectantly. In the morning, and we see this in the life of Jesus, very early he went off to be with the Father. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice voice. And in Psalm 55, 1 and 17, it says, God, listen to my prayer and do not hide from my plea for help. I complain and groan morning, noon, and night, and he hears my voice. And considering these verses, you get the sense that David had a structure to his prayer life. There were times where he was going to pause and pray. As he woke up, God was the first thing on his mind. So he began to talk to God and praise God and ask for direction for his day. At midday, at noon, he would stop. Perhaps by that point, he was experiencing a blessing or some kind of challenge, and he would stop and pause and pray. And in the evening, I'm sure he would reflect on his day, reflect on the goodness of God, perhaps reflect on things that he had done against God or against others, and he would pray. And then interspersed throughout, he would sing songs of praise. I think this is the vision for us, that it's not just one minute or it's not just at our meal because we feel like we have to, but prayer is always on our lips. We see this in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray constantly. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for you to be praying constantly, to be giving thanks. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, and persistent in prayer. You know, these words of, of consistency and persistence, these are words of relationship. Talking with someone every once in a while, a college friend or a, a family member, you know, once a month, once a year, there's no consistency, there's no persistence, and the state of that relationship is weak. You know, drawing again on close family relationships, I consider how much I communicate with my wife, Hillary. You know, tomorrow I'll be back in the office, and, and again, I'm excited about that. And a typical work day for us is we're able to communicate in the morning before we get going. We're able to communicate again around the dinner table and in the evening. 
but then we're able to communicate all throughout the day. Check-ins at lunch, how's the day going? How's your day going? So it is with God to stay connected to him all throughout the day. The more time we spend, the closer we'll be, whether that's that 10 minutes that you have planned or whether it's that 10 second prayer that you just need to bring to God, he is always listening. So these two anchors, these types of prayer and then spending time in prayer, both of these are formed by the final point, which is David also recognized that prayer was talking and listening. It was talking and listening. Building relationship with others requires both. It's not just one-sided. We want to take time to hear what others are speaking to us. We want to listen with open ears and open hearts. And David did this. David acknowledged that God had spoke to him through his word. And at that time, he didn't have the, the complete Bible that we hold in our hands now. But at that time, he would have had the Torah, the law, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Number. And like, and like most committed, strong Jewish men, they would have committed the Torah to memory so that they would have been able to, to meditate on it, to consider it all day long. And that's what you see Whenever you read passages like Psalm 119, the longest psalm, hear his love for God's word. Because it's in listening to God and knowing his word, we know how to then respond back to God. It says this, how I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Your command makes me wiser than my enemies for it is always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers because your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the elders because I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. I have not turned from your judgments for you yourself have instructed me. Your, how sweet your word is to my taste. Sweeter than honey in my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. David believed that God's word was God speaking to him. That's why we talk about Bible reading and prayer. It's this flywheel effect. As we open God's word and we hear from him, we can then respond in prayer. So if you read a passage that's talking about God's character and you see that, you can then respond back to God and say, God, you are compassionate. God, you are great. You are our savior. And you open to another passage and you see there's clearly a command that you ought not do. This is something that God said is not good for you. It will destroy your life. It will lead you away. And you read that and you realize I've been doing that. So you read that, that, that command from God and then you respond back in a heart of confession to say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. You told me not to do that. You told me it would lead to destruction. You told me it would damage a relationship. It would, it would cause me to perhaps die. God, I'm sorry. Or you read again and you see all of the ways that God provides. You read that every good and perfect gift is from God. So you respond in that heart of thanks. 
And then you read through scriptures that God wants to help us. He's listening. He wants to hear our prayers. So we go to him with confidence that he wants to help us. It is essential. It's a conversation. And I find for me, when I'm struggling to pray, and I don't feel like there's much there, it is almost always because I'm not spending enough time listening. You know, imagine being in a conversation with a loved one and they're not saying anything. You're just trying to speak and there's nothing coming back. That's gonna be a really short conversation. But when we're taking time to listen to what God is saying, we'll have so much more in our heart to pray back. So this is really what I see in the, the life of David that these are the kinds of things that he prioritized which strengthen his relationship with God. So I would just ask you to consider a few things this morning. First, as we've talked about a growing relationship with God, perhaps you don't have a relationship with God that you're seeking, you're exploring, you're, you're, you're leaning in, asking what is all of this about? Well, I would just want to make it crystal clear today that you can have a relationship with God that you acknowledge your sin and need for a savior, that you recognize that God sent his son Jesus to die in your place for your sins and that you respond in faith, asking and claiming your forgiveness in the gift of eternal life. I would encourage you to do that. And if you already have a relationship with God, I would encourage you to consider these three lessons and just pick one that you want to grow in. So when we pray like David, We'll grow in our relationship with God. So maybe it's a type of prayer. Maybe as we've talked through those types of prayers, you realize, you know, I'm really good at asking. I'm, I'm pretty good at thanking. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I'm really praising. or I don't know that I'm really confessing. Which type of prayer perhaps do you need to be more intentional with? Maybe it's time in prayer. And this, is, this can be different for all of us. You know, God is in relationship with us, so they all can look different. But what would that look like for you? Maybe to have some structured points where you are waking up just a little bit earlier or where you are choosing to spend time with God instead of another show on Netflix. What would that look like for you to spend a little more time in prayer? And then how is your listening Maybe you've been trying to talk to God, but you're like, I don't have anything else to say. I would encourage you to make sure that you're listening to him through his word so that you can have plenty to say back. You know, I mentioned um, this summer really was refreshing. It really was replenishing. And there were some highs and there were some lows. Um, one of the highs is I turned 40 and the family threw me a nice party, so I'm officially over the hill. It's all downhill from here. There were a lot of things that we celebrated, but, but one of the, the challenges and one of the difficulties was my wife Hillary's grandmother passed away at age 94. And we began dating in high school, so she was very much like another grandmother to me. Her birth name, her given name was Minnie, like Minnie Mouse, and we called her Nanny. And we had a, a nice service for her. And as I reflect on her life, and as I reflect on this subject, I think the thing that I'm gonna miss the most is hearing her pray. 
you know, we would have Sunday dinners and things like that. And sometimes she'd ask me to pray, but I loved when she would pray. She would praise God and she would acknowledge who he is and she would acknowledge our shortcomings and she would give thanks and she would ask. And, you know, it was the kind of grandma prayer that by the time it's over, the food is not hot anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you grandmas out here, you're guilty as charged, but I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss hearing those prayers. And what it showed me every time is that she had a relationship with God. There was so much in her. There was so much in her that she wanted to pour back out to God. She loved God more than anything else in the world. And she knew that she was a sinner saved by grace. And she knew that every good and perfect gift was from God. And she knew she was 100% dependent on him for everything. That's why she could pray for 15 minutes over lunch. <laughs> she had a relationship. And that's the burden that I'm trying to share with you today. Is that, man, sometimes prayer is confusing. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we don't want to do it. But God is listening. He wants a relationship with you. And does he want to give you those resources? Yes. He's a good father. But more than that, he wants to give you himself. So I encourage you, when we pray, remember these things this week. Let me pray for us. God, thank you again for your word. Thank you that right now you are hearing our prayer to you. Thank you for your example. Thank you for the example that we find in David, God, who um, was careful to give you praise and to confess sin and thank and ask that he, he didn't treat you as a resource, but he wanted a relationship with you. Thank you for his example. God, help us this week. Carve out time to be mindful that you are always listening, God, and that we not get busy or distracted, but that we spend time with you each and every day. And we're thankful that we can come to you boldly through the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.